Hi, this is Courtney Drake McDonough with RealFoodTraveler.com, a digital culinary travel magazine. And we're here for another podcast for Real Food Traveler. And this time, I'm very happy to have a friend of mine as our guest, a wonderful chef who I've known for several years, who has moved from Colorado to Savannah, Georgia. And it got me thinking what it must be like to be a chef who knows all the inside scoop on what it's like inside the kitchen and uh, working in a restaurant to go to a new city and get acclimated and discover the food scene there. Plus, Shaheen just has a fascinating story and is a wonderful guy, and I thought he'd be of interest to our readers. So I'm so happy that he's joined us today. I'll let you introduce yourself, but please meet Shaheen Afsharian. Hi, how are you guys? Hi, Courtney. It's a pleasure to be here with everybody. And yes, my name is Shaheen Afsharian. I've been a chef uh, for the past 13 years, and I've been all over all over the world. Wow. And so you're currently in Savannah, Georgia, correct? That is correct. I'm in Savannah, Georgia, and I'm the one of the executive chefs of the mansion on Forsyth Park. Okay, great. Tell us a little bit about your career. Well, I started when I was 17 years old, just right graduating from uh, high school. I started uh, my career. I have a bachelor's degree in gastronomy. And while I was studying, I was working at the same time in different hotels here and there. So after I finished my career, uh, after five years, my first job was to be the executive chef of the British and the French embassy in Mexico City. Um, oh, yes. And I am half Mexican, half Persian. And my parents met in London, and then the revolution of Iran started. They moved to Mexico City, and that's where I was born, that's where I grew up, and that's where I went to college. So, uh, like I was saying, my first job was to be an executive chef of the British and the French embassy. I was with them for a year and a half, and then after working very closely with them, the French embassy decided to uh, to move me and to give me a scholarship to do my master's degree in tourism and hospitality. So they sent me to Monte Carlo, to Monaco, and over there I was two years, and uh, the way for me paying that scholarship was to work for the most awarded chef of the world in the Michelin star world, and his name uh, was Joel Robuchon. Uh, I was with him for two years and uh, studying at the same time. And after I finished my master's, I went back to Mexico City and then uh, I moved to the States. How I moved to the States, my uncle in Atlanta has pizzerias. And uh, actually, he was ready to open his first fine dining Italian restaurant. He gave me a call and the plan was for me to develop his concept, uh, do his restaurant and for me to stay there for just six months. But I ended up staying three years. In those three years, I met my wife, and uh, we got married. And in the process of, of planning the wedding and the relationship, I started working also for the W Hotel in downtown Atlanta for BLT Steakhouse. Um, in the process of working for the W Hotel, I got the, the opportunity and the job offer to transfer to the Virgin Islands, to St. Thomas. And I was working for Havana Blue and Sandbar um, restaurants in St. Thomas, and I was with them for one year and a half. And then my wife and I decided to move back to the States, so we went to New York City, and I was working as the executive chef of a Franco-Japanese restaurant called Mihoko's 21 Grams. But of course, um, the winter was uh, a little bit aggressive, so we just decided to stay there for one year, and then this led us to Denver, Colorado. 
at that time why we chose Denver, Colorado. It was because um, my mother and my brother were living there. So we moved to Denver, Colorado, and I got a wonderful opportunity to open a concept uh, and a new uh, food trend in the fast casual industry. And this was called Salati Italian Street Food. Uh, I developed the concept of the open the restaurant. And while working with them, the Ritz-Carlton uh, reached to me and decided to join forces with them. And I was one of their chefs uh, for uh, Elway Steakhouse in the Ritz-Carlton. So basically, I was working for both restaurants and both concepts at the same time. And I was uh, in Denver, Colorado for three years. But then, you know, the older you get, you start putting a little bit more value into family, being a little bit closer to your loved ones. And uh, actually, my mom moved back to Mexico. My brother moved to Orlando. And uh, and we decided to, to move to, uh, to Atlanta, well, to Georgia. And uh, it landed us in Savannah, Georgia. So uh, we've been here closer to family, that we have a lot of family in Marietta. And, uh, yes, I've been the executive chef, uh, one of them, of uh, the mansion in Forsyth Park. And my main uh, job focus is to um, work the food operations. And we have inside the hotel a cooking school called 700 Kitchen. And that is my baby right now, my main focus. And, uh, and I'm very happy to be here. And along the way, when you were here in Denver, Food Network came a-calling, right? That is correct. So when I was uh, in Denver, Colorado, I was representing Salad Italian Street Food, and uh, I was in Chopped, and uh, I made it to the finals, and I was in the Food Network, and it was a great experience. This was about two years and a half ago, and uh, it was great for sure. Yeah, it, it was election night, <laughs> so it was a momentous night on more that than one occasion. Yeah. Yes, yes, we had a, a chopped party and an election night party in the <laughs> restaurant. It was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. So obviously from what you've said, you've lived and worked all over the world, and, and I know you met your lovely wife along the way. What is it like to be married and moving around so much like that? You know what, uh, Courtney, I have been blessed. Uh, to have the relationship I have and to have the wife that uh, that shares my goals and, and dreams with me. Uh, actually, uh, the only way that our marriage has been successful has been because she has been in the service industry also for the past years. And the way that she met me, she met me actually in my uncle's restaurant. Her mother used to be my hostess. And, uh, and yes, she met me working seven days a week, uh, from open to close. And basically, uh, she understood, uh, the path of my career, what I was trying to achieve. And, and she's been strong with me. And, and part of the, of that venture of marrying a chef is, is always, uh, to being exposed to something new, of course, eating good in different restaurants that I've been. And and she has a soul of, of a traveler's soul, and she's adventurous. So she shares that with me, and, and it has not been that difficult for her to adapt to the new places. She um, always uh, engages, them, engages them with open arms, and she tries to enjoy as much as possible. And um, so it's been, it's, been, it's been super fun to share all that uh, trans- transitions and, and, and new uh, stages with her, for sure. Yeah. 
You know, one thing I forgot to ask you about because I was I was so mesmerized by your um, uh, your list of all the things you've done. It's just incredible. Talk a little bit about your pre-career life. You know, what led you in the first place to even go the culinary route? I grew up in an international household. Uh, half of my mother's uh, family is Italian. Then, of course, the Mexican side, and then um, my other side is a very strong Iranian side. And actually, in my household, the way that I grew up, I always uh, say it was like eating meatballs, enchiladas, and basmati steamed rice all the time. Uh, both my parents were great cooks. Uh, they enjoyed good eats, and, and they never lost the roots of, uh, of the techniques and flavors that they grew up with, and then they shared that with us. Also, growing up, both my grandmothers used to live with us. They lived with us for a lot of years. And uh, and just sharing, basically, I was the third generation uh, that absorbed all the cooking flavors and techniques of, of wonderful people. And I was always that little chubby boy that was eating everything that crossed its path and uh, just experimenting more. And I remember also food being a... A strong element for uh, family unity, and uh, I have always admired that, and uh, I, tr- I still try to keep it, and for it, it is something that brings me and grounds me every time I share it with other people, or even if when I do it by myself. Yeah, and I, I know, I know from knowing you that that is something you carry into your professional life at all, that sense of feeding and caring for other people. You know, I love it. I love. Um, caring for people and I have seen that the only way that people are like truly happy and share that legit love for each other is with a good dish. Uh, and and I, I really have that passion for me to uh, bring people together into one table and break bread together for sure. Well, and that certainly is not a given in the food hospitality world, you know, with all the restaurants that I've worked with i i know you know you're you're a rarity and that's one of the things that i think has brought you the success you have you you just have that air of wanting to take care of people and people feel that and it's not merely just being served food so i hope you know that's an unusual thing thank you thank you yes and i i cherish it and i try to spread it uh around for them to see that yes i understand it's a business but uh, it's a business that can transmit so much more than just making money. And that's what I want to, to share with people and for them to, to really understand the love for food. No, absolutely. And that definitely makes it a better experience for the diner, too. Something that intrigued me, and really this was kind of the main reason that I wanted to have you on today, was that you know people move to new locations, and they have to get to know the new location and, you know, what businesses are available, restaurants are there, and they explore the foodie scene. But in your case, you have this unusual perspective of not only being a new resident there or everywhere that you've moved to, um, but you're really on the inside. So I wanted to know, what what is it like for you to be an insider, getting to know what restaurants are and and the chefs and their staff and, you know, that kind of thing? It is a very exciting part of my career uh, to be inside and to know uh, how the restaurant works and what they have to offer. And um, it's very fun to, in one way, take advantage of that knowledge. And, um, and I try always uh, to go to new restaurants, to meet new chefs, and, and, and 
to understand uh, the the location that I am in. Every time I change uh, states or countries, everything changes, and I have to restart all over again. But that gives me an opportunity for me to continue growing and researching uh, the new flavors, uh, local or international. So um, every time I look for for a good restaurant, sometimes it's not even because of the final dish or the food. I try to uh, really uh, judge a, a restaurant or, or, or prefer to go to certain restaurants from the whole experience. But one of the things that I really look forward in a good restaurant is service. I have been surprised with restaurants that maybe the food is not the most gourmet or upscale or chef-oriented food, but the service is amazing, and, and, and it touches my heart, and I continue going to those places. And like I always say, sometimes restaurants can have the best food, but they have the worst service, and it doesn't link with each other, so you won't go back. Um, I think service is one of the main tools and the main things that are totally in the control of the restaurant. It's totally uh, manageable. It's totally something that can be trained. And 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 sometimes I do not have uh, that patience or that um, that feeling of forgiveness, let's say, of that service. So because I do feel that service is something 100% controllable. On the other hand, food, uh, I see it as colors. Sometimes uh, as chefs, we create certain dishes that we think is the best in our head, but you go and you don't like it as a customer, and that's okay. Um, every single dish is not designed for everybody. Uh, the flavors that some chefs try to portray are not for everybody either, so that's when it divides. And, and But I think service is something that I judge uh, the most, and I think it has to be given from the moment that you step in. Yeah, agreed. So what what advice would you give to somebody who's traveling um, and wants an authentic experience in a in a city? Um, what what would you tell how how would you tell them to find those kinds of restaurants? I think uh, asking asking around, uh, really asking uh, people that are around you, uh, walking around town, going to local stores, um, talking with, trying to talk or, or maintain a little conversation with people. They will guide you through the right places. Don't be afraid of going to um, sometimes places that are not looking super upscale. Sometimes they have the most uh wonderful product in every single sense and uh, most of them are also uh, locally owned and operated and you will be surprised by the quality of everything that they do but I, my biggest um, advice is basically to just ask around outside of the hotel that you're staying uh, because sometimes we um, as a tourism place and things like that you get a little bit misguided uh, by the good restaurants that are offered, and but when you walk around town and downtown, and you go into little stores and you start asking and talking to locals, they will guide you the right way. Uh, another way that I use is uh, well, right now with the usage of technology, uh, just doing some research online. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, of Yelp and and, and this kind of uh, applications that sometimes are misleading. Uh, but I do a lot of research online. I, uh, for example, I, I listen to podcasts. I read bloggers. Um, 
Google. Uh, I try to find pictures and for me to dig deeper in order for me to find those little jewels and little parts of the world. That's great. Those are great suggestions. Um, and I particularly love that you say don't just go to, to Yelp and um, ones like that because uh, – those sometimes are just people with a grudge and not necessarily a sure. legitimate yeah. assessment. Um, so now let's talk about Savannah specifically. Um, what yeah. are some of the – because Real Food Traveler is all about local and authentic cuisine. So tell me about some of the wonderful things you've eaten in Savannah. Well, Savannah uh, has a beautiful gastronomy. Uh, part of the, the dishes and flavors of Savannah actually uh, are a lot of the low country flavors. Uh, people think the South flavors is like everything, just bread it and throw it into it, the fryer, and it's fried chicken and fried okra and fried catfish and this. And uh, actually, the flavors of the low country are very international oriented, uh, very transparent. And of course, one of the main dishes that I have discovered and love are the low country boils. Um, those low country boils can have local shrimp that are the Georgia pink shrimp. Uh, they have crabs, the blue crab also. So from here, um, andouille sausage, uh, corn, potatoes, and it, it's just uh, full of flavor, very playful with your hands. I love eating and, and, and exploring my food with my hands and opening that shell and cracking that crab, I think, is fantastic. And uh, also there is a lot of uh, European influence here in Savannah, and there's some dishes like the Captain Chicken that was brought by the British, and then the spice trade of the Indians started, and then... A little bit of curry got into that dish, and then you have the dirty rice that it's like kind of like they can make it dirty from like with the blackening seasonings and a little bit of the influence of New Orleans and the usage of the grain of the Carolina rice. Um, of course, the usage of collards. And one of the most interesting things that I have learned to admire and preparate has been grits. Uh, grits, it's, they're all over the place right now here in the South and especially in Savannah and the food scene. And how I see it and understand it now is, um, like the Southern risotto. So, um, they are preparing it and I'm including myself. We're preparing it, uh, in a lot of savory, uh, savory dishes and, and savory preparations with tomato, with black squid ink, uh, with herbs. Uh, of course, the traditional cheesy grits, and they are they are a great element that it's very easy to use, and um, that it's very dynamic, and, and and you can flavor it with anything, and it will go well with a lot of dishes. So Savannah has a lot to offer, and it's a city that it's growing little by little, and um, and definitely full of history, full of flavor, and the people are super super nice. So enjoying it so far, yes. Great. Um, so it sounds like like um, the southern influences may be creeping into your own repertoire too. What what kinds of things do you cook at home? That's something I always wonder about chefs. Are they doing the big <laughs> big fancy stuff at home or just making scrambled eggs all the time? You know, uh, my my. Food scene at home is very interesting. My wife has been a vegetarian for the past seven years. So uh, it has been uh, very dynamic also. And one of the things, for example, that people do ask me a lot is if I cook this five-star meals at home all the time. And I don't. Um, 
I actually, I am uh, very, I cook very simple at home. Sometimes when I feel a little homesick, uh, I do Mexican food. I do some Persian food. And the most traditional way, um, we do tacos. And everything is very vegetarian-oriented. Um, but uh, I do not really prepare a whole meal. But it is... Of course, a little bit of the flavors of the South are, are creeping up on me. And, for example, yesterday for breakfast, I had blue indigo grits with local uh, shiitake and oyster mushrooms with corn, uh, a little bit of four cheese blend inside. Then I did a tomato reduction and some poached eggs. So that was our breakfast for yesterday. felt a little Southern inspiration. Uh, but most of the time I wake up, I do a regular smoothie for my wife and I, and then our day starts. And then from there, uh, we go out and explore the food scene. And if we don't uh, really feel like cooking, Sometimes we even eat frozen food, you know, like that Amy's pizza or something like that, <laughs> something as simple. So um, it depends really on the day, but I'm not like a super active cook at home. So does your wife do some of the cooking sometimes? She actually, yes, she cooks a lot. And how I say uh, most of the time also, she cooks for health. And thanks to her, uh, I'm not 500 pounds. Uh, yes, uh, she actually uh, takes care of a lot of her, her health, my health, and I really admire her knowledge and, and control. And actually, the way that she cooks, it's, it's very, very, very good. And, um, yeah, I'm very satisfied with what she does at home, and I'm thankful for that, too. I think if I was married to a chef, I'd be very intimidated to cook anything at all. So I applaud her for. for I, think uh, it, it, I think it took her a little bit. Uh, <laughs> she's been shining really for the past two years, and uh, she really took the leadership. And she was like, "Okay, I'm going to take over this." And um, and like I said, I'm not a really picky eater either. Um, I really enjoy, and sometimes when something is not a hundred percent let's say, to the flavor that I'm looking for. I give tips here and there, but I'm not the biggest critic either. I try not to be hurtful and and, and just uh, full of, of, of things to say because uh, sometimes that's what people do and they don't really know what's behind that dish or how much time it took and the effort and thought that went into it. And like I said, sometimes somebody will cook and you won't like it and that's totally okay. But it's uh, it's not okay just to judge and be like, oh, this is gross, uh, because a lot of you don't know what's going behind that dish. Right, right. Well, and that that leads me perfectly to my last question. Since since our readers um, are travelers and yes. traveling all over the world, um, we talked a little bit about finding restaurants. But can you give our readers and listeners to this podcast some advice about about you know, being bold and being willing to explore what might be unusual cuisines that they're not used to. For sure. Um, the most important thing to explore and to know the real flavors of a local cuisine is to not be afraid. Uh, go ahead and try it. Once you try it, if you don't like it, that is okay. Uh, but you tried it. Um, I think judgment and then just making decisions out of a cover of a dish uh, are not really accepted um, in the culinary world or in any restaurant. Go ahead, try, experiment, uh, dig, 
ask and and do your research. And of course, if you have certain allergies, what well, that's one thing. But if it's something that you have never tried, not, don't just say no. Go ahead, try it. If you don't like it, you won't eat it again. And um, and if you eat it again, maybe you will like it the second time because it's going to be prepared at different ways. Uh, a lot of the food that we eat nowadays, uh, it's they're acquired flavors. And then let's say, for example, and this is one example that I give right now in my cooking school, uh, when I make a um, beef or steak, uh, sometimes people are ashamed of saying, I like my steak medium well. I like my steak well done. And even myself, for example, I grew up in a household that steak was cooked all the way through. That's a cultural thing. And little by little, as I started training and admiring why a certain different cuts had to be cooked a certain different way and why a fillet is recommended medium rare and things like that, I started understanding it. But it took me a little bit. So uh, don't be afraid of training your palate, trying new things, asking how it's prepared, why it's prepared like that. And that's totally fine. And then later you will understand it and you will make a decision if you liked it or you didn't like it. So go ahead and just explore everything that this amazing world has to offer us without any judgments, uh, without any, uh, any, any negative thoughts. And then later you will make your own decisions. Well, that's beautiful. I could not ask for a better, more, more poetic way to end this podcast. So, um, thank you. Thank you for your insights and your interesting story and words of wisdom for people traveling. That's exactly what I was hoping to provide for our listeners today. So, Shaheen, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope that people visit you in Savannah and take your cooking classes. Can the public take them? Thank you. Yes, for sure. So my cooking classes, you can go online to 700 Kitchen Cooking Class or to Kessler Experiences. And you will see uh, all my calendar of all the classes. I give classes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and double Saturdays. It can be from local flavors all the way to Japan and international flavors. So, uh, yes, everything is there. And if you don't find a way to see it online, you can always call the hotel, the mansion on Forsyth Park here in Savannah. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you again, and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Day. Thank you so much, and thank you, everybody that's listening.